Good morning and welcome to Nature Watch. Nature Watch is brought to you by Waddell's Nursery, Floral Garden and Bird Center at the corner of Millam Road and 12th Street. And now, your host of Nature Watch. He is south of the Mason-Dixon line live. <laughs> it is Gary Miller. Gary, good, good morning. Hey, how you good doing? Morning. How you doing? Good. So it's actually foggy down here too. I can't see the beach um, very well. The beach. Uh, it is sixty-six degrees right now, though. <laughs> the beach. Sixty-six. Uh, a little warmer than a little warmer than you have. Sixty-six. You said. Yeah, sixty-six. I'm jealous. I, I it, will. It, it, I, it hit seventy yesterday. Oh, there you go. I will say a cooler the next couple of days, but I will say you do not have a southern. To for spring. You do not have a southern accent yet. No, I probably won't. <laughs> I don't think I'll slip a y'all in there anywhere. There you go. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of interesting weather, though. Um, goodness gracious! I know Wednesday when we came down, we we flew down and had a layover in Atlanta. It just foggy the whole way down, and actually sort of pretty foggy here until yesterday it finally cleared up a little bit you can see something uh but uh yeah it's just unusually warm weather this last week uh, in michigan too i know uh looks like this next week's going to be a little more towards normal still let me just a touch warm but uh it, it's nice to not get too warm this early in the we're, we're way too early to get too warm yet uh yeah that... Those uh, little critters and plants are going to start getting active. So, right. Of so course. we got a couple a couple events coming up here in the, the next week or so. Um, don't want to forget the Lions game tomorrow. So, I have to mention that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lions are part of nature, uh, right? <laughs> right, but, right, right. But unfortunately, we cannot carry that game uh, because we we would have to pick up the Westwood One broadcast, and and we do not have Westwood One, so uh, we we won't be able to air it. But um, Fox. Go watch it. Six thirty kick. There you go. Yeah, so I, I, I'd seen your post that you weren't able to uh, to broadcast. So yeah. um, next Saturday, um, actually out at Wolf Lake Fish Hatchery, they've got their monthly beginner bird walk again, and that starts at nine a.m. So on the way out there, you can tune into Nature Watch and get a little uh, kick start for your uh, bird uh, watching activity and walk around there. And uh, that starts at nine a.m. They've got experienced birders to help guide you. Any any level birder can attend. Um, something uh, neat to do. They've got uh, birders from uh, Audubon Society, Kalamazoo, to help uh, guide, and maybe you'll see some unique birds out there. We'll, we'll start with uh, some of these warmer weathers, or warmer weather, start seeing some more, um, fairly soon start seeing some migrants start coming north, and the migrants will start seeing initially, though we're probably a week or, or a week, a month or so or more out before we really start seeing a lot of migrants. But those first migratory birds, And uh, because they have such a long flight, they uh, as soon as it starts showing, oh, it's a little warm, it's time to head north again. So be interesting to see uh, how, how uh, you know, that does affect the birds as far as those temperatures. So don't want to get too warm too early. Um, Waddell's Green Thumb, Thumb Club uh, classes are still going on. I know most of them have filled up quite a bit. Um, if, don't be despaired uh, um, if you haven't been able to get in. Uh, because uh, most of those classes will be offered are Spring Expo, which is, I said last weekend, the third weekend. It's the fourth weekend in March. March is sort of a weird uh, calendar this year. So it's at that uh, 23rd and 24th, I believe, okay. or 22nd, 23rd, whatever that Friday, Saturday is. And uh, those are, um, so most of those sessions will be offered again. 
Um, if it, it does have room, today's uh, talk is uh, a squirrel, a deer, a chipmunk walking to your backyard so you can get to learn about how to maybe keep some of those critters away or have some areas that they can live in and uh, not to decimate your landscape. Um, next Saturday, uh, there are a couple of neat classes. In two weeks, on the 10th of February, and a couple that might interest you nature folks, uh, um, I'm doing a talk at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, about using um, landscape plants and your, your, your native plants in your landscape to attract birds. And uh, that one, I believe, is almost full, or if not full. Oh, good. Um, that's at, that, but that, I know it's going to be offered again in March. And we've got another one um, that, uh, at 11.15 on the next Saturday, or Saturday the 10th also. Um, I'm going to talk about using those rocks that you run across in your landscape and how to use them. Uh, so uh, okay. I know both those classes will be offered in March. So uh, some neat, neat uh, activities going on uh, out there. I think because of the, uh, with my remote feed down here in the uh, Alabama studios of WKZO, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, I think I'll throw out that trivia question now just to see it may take a little bit of time for people to get this one in though. It's, I've seen it in quite a few news feeds and a lot of news out there. So I, I think most people have seen it somewhere. And uh, so the, uh, the trivia question I have in the last several weeks, a particular insect has been in the news. What is rare about this insect in 2024, specifically in Illinois, that it made the news? So uh, the uh, this insect is, is something that I'm going to say, I guess, through a little hint, it's periodical. There's also some annular ones. Um, might, might, uh, but there's something specific about this year and, and, uh, how, because why it made the news uh, specifically in Illinois, because Illinois is, uh, sort of the impact. And I mentioned that because, uh, even though we're close to Illinois, um, at least one of what my answer is, is going to affect Michigan potentially. So we'll see if somebody can get that one. And are you still there, Jim? I am, but I'm taking oh, okay. I'm taking advantage of you actually not being in studio, so I can actually answer the phone and talk to the person yes. <laughs> instead <laughs> instead, of, instead of taking a crapshoot and saying WKZO and hoping things don't blow up. Um, in fact, why don't we uh, jump over to the phones? Uh, good morning, WKZO. Who is this? Good morning. This is Judy. Judy, um, what is your answer to Rod uh, to uh, Gary's? Uh, uh, kind of a confusing question because I, I kind of lost track. <laughs> I did. Um, the cicadas are going to come out, two different types are going to come out at the same time. Oh, that's true. Did you know by odd chance what the two types are? No, I don't know the type. Okay. I'm going to accept that because that's actually the answer. Um, I was a little lenient. I'm going to be lenient on the answer because there's numerous ways that could be answered. But so that is a correct answer. So the the uh, in 2024 we're going to have brood 19, which is a 13-year cycle cicada, and is the largest of all the periodical cicada broods. Is going to emerge along with the 17-year cycle brood 13, and. They're going to be very close to each other in Illinois. Um, probably the closest place you may have a chance to see both broods is around Springfield, Illinois area. And they're not going to overlap a lot, but there is going to be some overlap. The interesting thing about this is this is the first time that these two broods have emerged at the same in the same year. 
since Thomas Jefferson was president in 1803, right. 221 years ago. Wow. And so th think of 1803, Thomas Jefferson was president. Lewis and Clark were just starting out um, on, their, on their trek west to explore the Louisiana Purchase going up the Missouri River. And uh, they probably would have seen some of these cicadas on their way uh, when they got started that spring. And my husband is from that area. His hometown is very close to Springfield, Illinois. And he has many stories about the cicadas. Yeah, we see we see cicadas here. Um, we, we get some of the periodical broods. We get the annual annual um, cicadas that uh, we usually get a hatch out every year. Those are usually later in the, in the growing season. The periodical ones that are in the, usually that 13 or 17 year cycle, uh, usually, usually hatch out in spring or um, April, May, maybe into June, and uh, the ones that we usually see later on in the season are the annual um, cicadas. So something, yeah. something interesting about that. Actually, I'm going to talk more about cicadas a little later on here in the show. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, something to look forward to. All right. Yeah. Hey. So pay pay attention. I'm going to talk about some things you can eat them. Um, and, you know, we'll have probably we'll see lots of cicada recipes again this year. I know uh, <laughs> last couple of times we've had big brood hatches, so we had seen all sorts of cicada recipes. I, yeah. you're, I'm, I'm, I'm getting very turned off by this conversation. Yeah. I really am. <laughs> okay. I'm sure I could find a breakfast recipe for you, Jim. There you go. Hey, Judy, uh, you you are correct. Um, you have a $20 gift to certificate to Waddell's coming. And if you hang on the line for a moment, I need to get some information from you. All right. Yes. Okay, stand by, Judy, and we will be back with more Nature Watch from the shores of Alabama. Coming up next, <laughs> 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. To encourage birds to stay in your outdoor landscape, be sure to keep feeders filled with their favorite feeds from Woodell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center. Wild birds prefer the superior quality bird seed you'll always find at Woodell's. And remember, birds are more likely to stay close if you also provide water. Woodell's has a great selection of bird baths that will give birds the water they need, as well as bird bath heaters that will work in any bird bath you already have. To invite finches into your yard, get thistle seed. This week, if you buy 10 pounds of thistle seed, you'll receive 2 pounds free. Or buy 15 pounds and get 4 pounds free. For attracting cardinals, use safflower seed. This week, buy 10 pounds of safflower seed, get 3 pounds free. Or buy 20 pounds and get 7 pounds absolutely free. Woodell's also has a great selection of suet, bird feeders, bird houses, and so much more. Woodell's Nursery, Florist, and Garden Center, the Kalamazoo area's bird feeding headquarters for 78 years on Texas Drive at the corner of Millman 12th Street. Guaranteed to make you talk back to your radio on the way home. Speaking of uh, money, Netflix raised its rates. No, I'm not going to do yeah, it. I don't, I don't even know what I'm paying for Netflix. No, right I, I canceled Netflix a while back. The one that got into the, like kitty porn? Yeah. It was, the whole cuties thing. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm out. I don't blame you. They got all the Seinfelds, or I canceled. You can tolerate all sorts of debauchery as long as your precious Seinfeld is available. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know where your moral compass is, Scott. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Afternoons 3 to 6 on 590 and 106.9 FM. WKZO. And we are back to Nature Watch with Gary Miller along the Gulf Shores of Alabama. And if you want to talk to him and ask him questions, you can do so right here. Uh, three yeah, I was hoping actually somebody would have caught my... Uh, so actually, if you need to get a hold of me, uh, you can call in now or text. Uh, Jim will uh, we'll get connected that way. Right. During the week, you can actually contact me at naturewatch at Um I was hoping somebody would have emailed me this last week because... 
last week when I was talking about some of those, um, I was talking actually talking about the winter bird myths and facts. Mm-hmm. The birds get cold, and then I hit threw in a little, a few extra um, more interesting winter bird facts out at the end of that session. I misspoke. Uh, I, I believe I said that the Clark's nut hatches carry a hundred or more pine nuts at a time in specialized pouches under their tongues. And I saw it said Clark's Nutcracker, and I'm sorry, I didn't look at it enough. Um, so it actually, the correct bird is the Clark's Nutcracker, not the nut hatch. Oh. And uh, so Clark's Nutcracker actually lives out in the Rocky Mountains out west. So I'm not going to see him here. Um, you have to travel out there to see him. But it's sort of interesting because they do do carry those 100 seeds or more, uh, those pine nuts uh, in a special pouch under their tongue or pouches. And... Also interesting, so they use their dagger-like bills to get into, rip into pine cones and pull out large seeds. They carry them away to bury them for winter. And we talked several weeks ago about how good a memory that the chickadees have as far as storing seeds. Clark's Nutcrackers buries tens of thousands of seeds each summer and re- remembers the locations of almost all of them. So, so superb memory. Um, usually after about six to nine months, they don't quite remember as many of the, the studies that they've done, but still remembering, you know, tens of thousands of locations where you've stored pine nuts. And they sometimes go as far away as up to 15 miles away from where they've harvested those pine nuts. So quite an extensive area that they're storing those seeds. Most of, in the remote areas out west in the mountains, most of those pine trees and those those trees when they started growing can really thank Clark's Nutcracker as far as spreading seed. Mm. Um, if the Nutcracker had not uh, uh, stashed those seeds and maybe forgotten them or had a mild winter and didn't need to eat them, uh, they uh, wouldn't have spread those seeds. And uh, they, they actually actually reuse, store those seeds not only for winter, but in the spring when they have their young. And because they already have a food source, they can have their young quite early. They will go and dig out those seeds for their, their young ones. Those young get the, a little bit of size on them. Oh, okay. It's in the crow and jay family. And actually the first time that uh, Captain William Clark saw saw one in August of 1805, he thought it was a woodpecker. He and Meriwether Lewis collected a specimen in Idaho and then on their return journey a year later. Clark's nutcracker was one of the three bird species brought back from their expedition. Um, so a little interesting fact about Clark's nutcracker. Uh, I, was, I was hoping somebody caught that. I caught it after the show, and I'm like, oh, I misspoke, and I d- double-checked. So. Shame on uh, you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm not, well, I'm going to be up front. You know, I, I'm not perfect. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's let's tell you how you can get a hold of uh, of Gary here this morning. 269-382-4280, 877-382-4280. If you're radio shy, and I know some of you are, some of my, some of my friends are as well, they let me be the loud mouth. Uh, 80373, you can text in your question. I'll read it to Gary, and Gary will give an answer just like that. Yeah, so the uh, cicadas um, are interesting to see. Usually you see their um, spent shells when the nymphs emerge from the ground and see that spent uh, shell on the side of a tree. Uh, I remember seeing them every year. It was obviously the annual uh, annual cicadas. And uh, so so the periodical cicadas are either in that 13- or 17-year cycle not every cicada in those broods come out and emerge in 13 or 17 years. 
you know, always have those few that decide that they're going to be stragglers or come out a little early. So usually about two to four years, either side of that window, you may have a few of that particular brood. And uh, those, those broods, uh, the 17-year uh, cicadas, there's, there's 13 actually specific species. And the 13-year cicadas, there's four species. So besides being able to see the two broods this year, this is a year that you can see all seven species of the periodical cicadas. And mm -hmm. uh, so, so it keeps it interesting, I guess, uh, you know, just uh, the, they emerged, they actually they, those nymph, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And I'm actually, I'm going to probably talk about these some more next week because there's quite a bit of information. They're actually interesting to, uh, to uh, read about the, uh, University of Connecticut has quite an extensive research program on cicadas. So we think of Cornell with the ornithology lab and all the bird studies that they've done. Um, University of Connecticut has basically a cicada lab. So they uh, actually have all sorts of cicada information. Okay. And uh, there, there's some uh, other uh, universities that have some have studied the cicadas, but uh, University of Connecticut seems to be the prime uh, prime uh, location of that that research okay I, i'm guessing it's going to be a very loud summer uh very loud so actually that brings <laughs> up a good point um cicadas when, when they get the, especially the periodical cicadas so the nymphs emerge and they climb up the tree and they have to get that you know they emerge out of that uh, exoskeleton and they're basically white when they first emerge the News I've seen is that that's when they're the most edible. Um, they supposedly taste like some asparagus. Um, there's all sorts of, uh, I guess I'm going to take people's word on that. Uh, Native Americans used to eat them, so we'll see. Uh, maybe you'll be a ch chance to try some uh, cicadas this summer. But at, once they once they start turning brown on that, they actually use that color to warm up. And then the uh, males will, are the ones that do all the noise and actually call, trying to attract a mate. And once they get a mate, um, the female deposits eggs, and they actually um, she cuts a little slit in the bark of uh, trees and shrubs. So small trees and shrubs could potentially be damaged by the by the cicada. Uh, so you might want to just throw some, you know, start seeing the cicadas emerge. Maybe throw some. You can do a cheesecloth, a real, you know, fairly fine net, so they can't get through because they're pretty big bugs, uh, and protect those smaller plants. Bigger plants are not going to affect. Don't use pesticides. It's not use, it's not worth trying to use pesticides on them. One, there's so many of them. And two, you're probably going to affect more be beneficial insects, like more pollinators in that, than you right. are in doing anything with the cicadas. Right. So every ball the universities say, don't even bother with the pesticides. You have to take a hose out there and hose them off the plant. So anyway, they're noise when the males are, are trying to attract that mate. That noise levels can get over 90 decibels at times. That's ear damage level. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, it uh, it, it is it is uh, uh, can can be very very loud. The the brood um, the Northern Illinois brood that uh, used to be actually here in Michigan, in Southern Michigan, and the last couple times that they the brood has emerged, they have not seen the emergence here. So they think they may have gone extinct. And that's the interesting thing with the cicada, the periodical brood. Some of the broods sometimes go extinct. Um, I know the Northern Illinois brood, uh, 
and also the uh, the I remember what the deep south brood, whatever the other brood is that's emerging this year. Great Southern brood. Uh, they've counted those, um, and I believe it was the Great Southern brood or the Northern Illinois. I can't remember what we call which one it was. One of the broods that they actually counted, and they estimated that there were over. Are you ready for this? Okay. Over a million cicadas per acre. That's loud. That's per acre. That's loud. Oh that's my. a lot of cicadas. <laughs> now, that, that's a high population. They've actually estimated in the really dense areas where the cicadas are, there's lots and lots of them. There may be as many as a million and a half per acre. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of cicadas. You know, So think of an acre as 43,560 square feet. That's a lot of cicadas per square foot. Wow. Yeah. Now, the benefit that they have is that those those nymphs emerge, they actually aerate the soil. They've got an emergent hole. It's about a half inch diameter. Um, occasionally, they'll put a sort of a little cone of mud around that hole. Uh, depends on the soils that they come out of. The soil has to be over 64 degrees before they come out. Usually, when it hits that magic 64 degree or warmer temperature, and they get a nice gentle rain is usually when they emerge. And uh, that's sort of part of their protection, too, besides their numbers, because they get that predator satiation. So uh, predators are much, can't, can't even eat all of them. So they're safe in numbers, but sometimes with those rains and that, that may uh, not see, see as many predators out either as they emerge. And they're that really vulnerable uh, stage mm. emerging from that exoskeleton. Okay. But uh, they're, they're fun to hear. It's hard to hear things. I remember. Uh, I lived in the Chicago for five, area for five years, uh, quite a few years ago. And uh, one of the years I was there was actually when the Northern Illinois brood hatched out. Uh, I remember sitting in my vehicle trying to eat lunch in one of the park districts in the parking lot with the windows up, and it was difficult hearing the radio. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. It is loud. Yeah. And after a while, it can sort of grate on you. <laughs> Uh, luckily, it's only for a couple of weeks that you get that loud noise, but it's long enough. You think it's forever when you to go through it. But it's one of those neat experiences. So, you know, it's one of those uh, neat things, especially if you get kids. You know, right. next time these two broods are going to emerge at the same time, it's 221 years from now. None of us are going to be alive. Right. So, so something really unique. They get to see all seven species of the periodical cicadas. And actually, the um, University of Connecticut site, they actually have photos. You can identify each of them. Um, you can just distinct between the male and females uh, of the different cicadas also. But uh, you can actually, they have uh, photos so you can actually just identify which cicadas you're looking at. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, hey, Gary, um, how long are you going to be down in uh, Alabama for? Um, actually, until the middle of next week, next Saturday, I'm going to be up in hopefully a little warmer Michigan. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be in the 40s, so just uh, keep a heads up for that. Well, enjoy the rest of your vacay, my friend, and, and thanks for doing this on your vacation. We do appreciate it. Yeah, well, I thought I, would try, I wanted to try the remote because actually a couple of weeks ago when we had the blizzard, right. I, I contemplated trying to even have to do that remotely then, just not having to try to drive in the roads. 
and hadn't had it set up beforehand. So Correct. just in case, you know, right. nice to have a couple of options. Well, so and today, today was a, to today was a test. There you go. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Gary. Enjoy the rest of your vacation and everyone. Thank you for listening to this edition of nature watch tune in each Saturday at 8 30 AM for nature watch brought to you by Waddell's nursery floral garden and bird center at the corner of 12th street and Millam road. American outdoors radio is next on 590 and 106.9 FM WKZO. Go Lions!